Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark and we are here together listening to some of the great moments in jazz history. And today we're going to be going back uh, to the 1940s to be listening to music that was sort of a recreation of things that probably had happened in New Orleans about 20 years earlier. These are two brass bands, very similar personnel, that recorded in New Orleans in 1945 and 1946. The first one was led by uh, William Geary Johnson, who was better known by his nickname Bunk, Bunk Johnson. He had been born, so he said anyway, in 1879, but probably it was 10 years later, 1889. He backdated in order to uh, uh, emphasize his importance to early jazz history and make it possible that he had played with Buddy Bolden and so forth. He was never one to let facts stand in the way of a good story, uh, but he, in any event, was active in New Orleans from the very early years of the 20th century. He was a trumpet player, started out on cornet, playing uh, with brass bands and so forth. He uh, had a little more musical education than most uh, black musicians at the time. He could read reasonably well, so he went on the road playing in circuses, minstrel shows, tent shows, things like that, and periodically he would return. He was kind of a wandering fellow um, who was a little bit hard to get along with at times, apparently, which uh, led to his not being employed by any one band uh, for any long period of time. He came back to New or uh, rather in the 1920s, and started playing with various groups. He uh, was involved in some sort of altercation where he lost some teeth and uh, had to stop playing. He was actually working in the cotton fields in New Iberia, Louisiana, when he was rediscovered by the first wave of jazz historians and journalists who came around in the late 1930s, Charles Edward Smith and other people. And they interviewed him for their uh, book, Jazz Men. And uh, Louis Armstrong heard that he was still around and uh, sent regards and so forth, and he kind of Bunk Johnson kind of captured the uh, imagination of the public that was just starting to get interested in jazz history. So with a collection taken up, he uh, got a new horn and uh, had his teeth fixed or replaced by Sidney Bechet's brother, Leonard Bechet, and he was playing again by the very early 1940s in New Orleans. 1942, he started making some recordings with some other New Orleans musicians uh, for American music before he came to New York in 1944 and started making recordings with people like Sidney Bechet, also his own group of New Orleans players that he uh, was not that fond of, that he felt that they were sort of beneath him musically, and he may have been right, who knows, uh, but he was a, a sort of a celebrity in, in New York in the mid-40s. He went out to the West Coast as well and played in San Francisco uh, before he uh, uh, ended up ending his career in the late 40s, made his last album at about 1947 uh, for, uh, I think it was Columbia. He did a, an album of ragtime and some popular music that was uh, popular at that time, and also in his youth called The Last Testament. After a stroke, he uh, ended up not being able to play, returned to New Orleans, and passed away in 1949. So these recordings we're going to hear right now were done for the American Music Label on May 18th of 1945, and they were done by a group called Bunks Brass Band. And of course, the brass band tradition in New Orleans was very important, all in the 19, early 1900s, 1910s, for funeral parades and so forth. Uh, and a lot of early jazz men got their start playing in those groups, playing the repertoire, the gospel tunes, the, the marches, the uh, pop songs that were adaptable to marching and so forth. And there were a number of very fine uh, brass bands that were still active in New Orleans, but Buck put together a kind of a pickup group of the players that he felt were the best at this particular style. Uh, whether they were or not, or whether this, this recording is a really uh, clear representation of uh, the type of brass band music that had been happening 25, 30, 35 years earlier, we don't really know, but some very interesting rhythmic and uh, arranging touches in here. So, in the band, we have Bunk Johnson on lead trumpet, 
Uh, Louis Kid Shots Madison playing second trumpet. He was a kind of a legendary figure, didn't get to record too much. Jim Robinson on trombone. He and the clarinet player George Lewis uh, were both in Bunk's regular band as well. George Lewis is here playing E-flat clarinet. Isidore Barberin on alto horn, uh, the peck horn. He was one of the Barberin family. I think Paul was his brother and so forth. On baritone horn, Adolf Alexander. Then in the drum section, we have on bass drum, Lawrence Marrero, who is better known as a uh, banjo player, but here plays bass drum, and the legendary Baby Dodds, who was back visiting New Orleans on snare drum. And on tuba, rounding out the band, we have Joe Clark, who I think was one of the older members of the band at that time. Most of these musicians were probably in their, in their 40s at the time and, and up, and Bunk was probably uh, in his 50s, if not his 60s, and I think Joe Clark may have been in his 70s as well. So the tunes we're going to hear on our first set with this band are the standard gospel tune, or spiritual rather, Over in the Glory Land, followed by a pop tune from the early part of the century, You Tell Me Your Dream and I'll Tell You Mine, then another gospel tune, Just a Little While to Stay Here, and then ending up with a classic march, Maryland, My Maryland, which was recorded by many jazz bands. So those are our four tunes, and this is Bunk's Brass Band. Thank you. 
So there we have a pretty rollicking musical experience. You can imagine how that was being by the side of the road when that band walked by you or you followed it and second lined and so forth. I believe those recordings were made outside as well. So we started out with Over in the Glory Land, a uh, good spiritual that uh, was recorded by Sam Morgan's band in 1927 and actually became a dance tune after that. Followed by the very old standard, You Tell Me Your Dream and I'll Tell You Mine. Another spiritual, just a little while to stay here. And then we ended up with Maryland, my Maryland, going back to the Civil War. Uh, of course, the trio of that was Otanenbaum, O Christmas Tree. And that was an arrangement that many jazz bands recreated later on, Kidori's Band and so forth. And that group, as I said, was Bunk's Brass Band, with Bunk Johnson and Kid Shots Madison on trumpets, Jim Robinson on trombone, George Lewis playing that very strident-sounding E-flat clarinet. They needed that outside to cut through, I guess. Um, Lawrence Marrero on bass drum, Baby Dodds on snare, alto horn was played by Isidore Barbron, baritone horn by Adolf Alexander, and tuba by Joe Clark. That was Bunk's Brass Band, recording on uh, May 18th of 1945 for the American Music Label. We're going to hear a little bit more of them in the next set, but we're going to start out the next set with a uh, group called George Lewis and the Original Zenith Brass Band. Lewis was born in 1900, and he started playing clarinet early. He actually started on penny whistle, and he was influenced by Johnny Dodds, among others, when he was very young. Uh, he was a professional or semi-professional musician uh, from his teen years on. He was not uh, musically literate, as they say. He didn't read music, or at least didn't read it very well. So he didn't play in dance bands, didn't leave the city to go on tour with different tent shows and so forth. He did a few little tours here and there, but uh, he mainly stayed in New Orleans. He even worked as a stevedore for some time through the Depression, uh, and he was rediscovered along with Bunk Johnson in about 1942. Johnson, when he was brought out of uh, mothballs, uh, was a, a guess he was asked to put a band together of New Orleans musicians in the area, uh, or I, I think maybe a band was put together for him of people who were considered to be his slightly younger contemporaries, including George Lewis on clarinet and Jim Robinson on trombone. And Buck was not that fond of playing with that band. He didn't feel it was very versatile, and he thought they were, as I said, beneath him kind of musically. But they did create some very interesting records and very compelling records, not only for American music, but for Victor and uh, uh, many live dates as well that were recorded between 1942 in 1944, after which Lewis took over the band, and uh, that became the core of his group that he toured with for the rest of his life, uh, which uh, went until 1968, and he became one of the best known and uh, most successful of the New Orleans band leaders in the, in the black tradition, anyway. He toured all over the world in the 1950s and 60s. Uh, he was an exceptionally good band leader. Videos show him really very much in control of the proceedings, and also a very good player in the style. So this band, the original Zenith Brass Band, recorded on February 26th of 1946, not quite a year after the Bunk Brass Band. Bunk had already gone to New York at that point. And uh, in this band, similar to the other one, we have, of course, George Lewis on clarinet. In, on the trumpet section, we have Avery Kid Howard, who had taken over from Bunk Johnson in the dance band. Peter Bocage, who was a very... Uh, successful and very good cornet player and violinist who played in many Creole bands in the early part of the century, including Armand Perron's uh, Creole Orchestra. We have on trombone, again, Jane, uh, Jim Robinson. Bass drum, we have uh, Lawrence Marrero again, uh, and again, Baby Dodds on snare, they made a good team. Harrison Barnes played baritone horn. 
Uh, Isidore Barberton is credited on mellophone, probably alto horn though. And on tuba we have Joe Howard. And uh, again, some of the older musicians here, but most of them are roughly contemporary, being born about nine, 1900 or so. So we're going to start out with uh, two tunes by the George Lewis uh, original Zenith Brass Band, Fidgety Feet, which was originally called War Cloud. It had been, uh, I won't say composed, but compiled by the original Dixieland Jazz Band in 1917 for one of their first recording sessions. And World War I was uh, on the horizon and, 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 and being waged, and uh, the, hence the title War Cloud, but the war ended, so they renamed it Fidgety Feet. After that was one of the Mardi Gras anthems that doesn't get played all that much today by bands other than brass bands in Mardi Gras, New Orleans, If Ever I Cease to Love, and that was recorded by a few jazz bands in the 1940s and 50s, like Tom Brown's band and so forth. Then we're going to go back to Bunk's Brass Band and hear uh, two spirituals and a blues. We're going to hear By and By followed by the traditional uh, funeral anthem, Oh Didn't He Ramble, which goes back to a tune called the, the Darby Ram, which was a British folk song, I think, going back to the early 1800s. Then we're going to end up with W.C. Handy's St. Louis Blues, which was one of the most popular tunes of the first half of the 20th century, and all these bands played it for dances and other things as well, apparently marches too. So that's our set. George Lewis and the original Zenith Brass Band doing Fidgety Feet and If Ever I Cease to Love, and Bunk's Brass Band, By and By, Oh Didn't He Ramble, and the St. Louis Blues.
So there we had the last part of that set. It was Bunk's Brass Band, and we ended up with the St. Louis Blues. And it's interesting to hear on that last chorus, the trumpet soloist, whoever it was, was quoting the Louis Armstrong solo from 1930, the re uh, record he did of that. So maybe that was an older style New Orleans solo that Louis was uh, channeling on that recording. I don't know. I don't know if that was Bunk or, in that case, uh, Kid Shots Madison. It might have been him. He was a little bit younger, and he was more of Armstrong's generation. So before that, we heard Oh Didn't He Ramble and By and By, all three by Bunk's Brass Band, recorded in uh, May of 1945 in New Orleans. All these recordings done in New Orleans. We started out with George Lewis with the original Zenith Brass Band doing Fidgety Feet and If Ever I Cease to Love. If Ever I Cease to Love also had, I guess it was an interpolation of the song Little Brown Jug, uh, although maybe that was part of the melody of the tune. I don't know what the, what the actual structure of that is, but it was prominent nonetheless, so interesting there. And very similar bands. With uh, the George Lewis Band, we had George Lewis on clarinet, uh, Baby Dodds on snare drum, Lawrence Marrero on bass drum, Jim Robinson on trombone, uh, and um, on mellophone slash alto horn, Isidore Barberin. So those were the members in common between the George Lewis Zenith Band and Bunk's Brass Band. With George Lewis on trumpets, we had Kid Howard and Peter Bocage, Joe Howard on tuba, and uh, Harrison Barnes on baritone horn. On Bunk's Brass Band, in addition to that core group, we had Adolph Alexander on baritone horn and Joe Clark on tuba. I think I mentioned Lawrence Marrero on bass drum, along with Baby Dodds on snare drum as well. So some very good, not sophisticated, not subtle music, but music to uh, parade down the street by, I guess, and some very uh, bouncy rhythms that uh, you can see how those developed into some of the early jazz things that we think of today. So we're going to do uh, one more set. We're going to start out with one tune by Bunk's Brass Band and devote the rest to George Lewis and the original Zenith Band. The Bunk tune we're going to hear is the old hymn, Nearer My God to Thee, which supposedly was being played on the Titanic as the boat went down. A uh, very straight rendition of this. In a New Orleans funeral, when the uh, body came out, you would hear a hymn played very straight like this before the band went into... Uh, a more of a rhythmic type of thing. Actually, if the, the body was being laid to rest, it would play a hymn like this. And then three clips on the, uh, on, on the snare drum, and off they would go into some jazz pieces. And we're going to hear George Lewis up the tempo and up the heat on four tunes. The Bugle Boy March, which was originally called the American Soldier. Then Salutation March, which was a tune that Lewis recorded with uh, his dance band later on. Taint Nobody's Business If I Do, which is a tune that went through several iterations. You can hear some of the melody that was sung by some of the singers in the 1920s, including Bessie Smith. And then we're going to end up with Shake It and Break It. So that's our last set. Nearer My God to Thee, Bunk's Brass Band, followed by George Lewis and his original Zenith Brass Band. Bugle Boy March, Salutation March, Taint Nobody's Business If I Do, and Shake It and Break It.
that'll give you some idea of the real rolling energy that good New Orleans drummers could get out on the parade ground, as it were, out on the street. We heard Baby Dodds playing uh, snare drum and Lawrence Marrero on bass drum. So as I mentioned, we started with Nearer My God to Thee, a fairly straight rendition of a, uh, an old anthem, an old hymn uh, from the Protestant tradition, and that would have been played at the graveside as the body was being committed. And then the band would uh, up the tempo and play some much more jazzy and spirited music on the way back from the cemetery. And we started out that section with George Lewis and his original Zenith band, brass band, playing the Bugle Boy March, followed by the Salutation March, then that interesting Taint Nobody's Business If I Do, a lot of breaks and stop time in there, and then ended it up with Shake It and Break It, which is known better known by its actual title, which was The Weary Blues, composed by Artie Matthews in the 1910s. It was kind of a ragtime tune with many different strains, but the New Orleans bands called it Shake It and Break It and occasionally added a vocal to it. We heard some great Avery Howard lead trumpet in there, playing very much in the style of Louis Armstrong. We can Imagine that that might have been what Louis sounded like in his very early days uh, before he left New Orleans. So I hope you've enjoyed this program. These are the New Orleans Brass Bands, George Lewis and the original Zenith Brass Band, and Bunk Johnson, Bunk and his brass band. And these were both recorded, both sessions, in New Orleans. In, uh, in Bunk's case, 1945, and in George Lewis's case, 1946. Um... I know the bunk uh, session was done outside. I think the George Lewis one might have been as well. It's kind of hard to get that many people into a small enclosed space. So, this is the Jazz Focus, and if you're liking what you hear or one of the other 300 or so podcasts we have on our station right now, feel free to support us. We'd love to have some more members of the family. You can hit that button for one-time sponsorship or uh, sustaining membership, whatever you like, but make a habit of coming back. We are uh, really exploring a lot of different corners and crevasses of jazz-recorded history here. So, thank you very much. My name is John Clark, and I'll see you on the other side.